0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dietitian Values Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my six-week program, Integrate, which is a six-week space to learn or to begin embedding trauma mindful business practices. And that is actually what I want to talk about on the podcast today. So if you're interested in learning more after you have a listen or if you've been meaning to sign up and if you're catching this when it drops, um, sign up closes on the 28th of October 2022 but you can check out the link in the show notes or head to dietitianvalues.com forward slash integrate. So today I want to get super practical and I want to talk to you about six steps or six ways you could start Embedding um, trauma mindful business practices in your business right now without doing anything further um, to give you a bit of a taste of, I suppose, what Integrate and what being trauma mindful is all about and also to give you some practical strategies to walk away with right now. I realize a lot of the time on the podcast I'm talking about things from a really um, bigger picture view or we're deep diving into like the the nitty-gritty nuance um, and I want to give something super practical. So I'm going to run through the six principles of trauma mindful mindful business, which are research informed principles that I've put together. And for each one, I want to give you one or two examples of things you can go do. Some will be like super practical, like changing a font color some will be a little bit bigger than that so let's dive in okay so the six principles we'll start with uh, principle one which is to understand trauma and its impact part of being trauma mindful is understanding trauma and so what I would encourage you just to do here is to check in with where your current level of understanding of trauma is are you very newbie Um, do you have uh, mindful or awareness of trauma have you done some trauma informed training Um, And what I would encourage you to think about is firstly, so two practical things you can do here is One is just get a really good read on where you are as far as your awareness or your competency around trauma. And if you want a tool for that, I will link in the show notes to... Um, Katie Kurtz, who does trauma-informed space holding, she has a really great free download, which is a trauma competence scale, which actually allows you to place where you would be in your trauma competence level. So that would be step number one. And step number two, if you want to go further, is to actually look at where could you deepen your understanding or where could you um, strengthen it? And so my recommendation here, um, obviously, courses and programs are really great. So Katie Kurtz, like I said, has um, a program um, and and that free resource. I, of course, have Integrate, which I um, have doors open to running right now. And in the nutrition and dietetics field specifically, there are some dietitians who have an extra training and awareness around trauma, informed care who run programs specifically around that so that would be it Um, if you're very early days and you're just wanting to get a little bit more understanding there's great books um, podcasts and so many things so if that is you and you want some recommendations for resources hit me up in the dms over at dietitian values on instagram or send me an email laura at dietitianvalues.com and I'm happy to send you out some resources so that's step number one understand trauma and its impacts that's sorry principle number one and my actionable steps there is one get an understanding of your competence around trauma like really assess where you are at on your understanding and then two if you would like an extra one is to go deeper to take it a little bit further principle number two is to do less harm and one of the most important or most um practical or most powerful, I should say, or impactful ways we can embrace this is firstly by accepting that harm will happen. So so practical step number one, if this isn't something you have thought about or dove into before, is to start a practice of accepting that you will do harm. Um, to sit with that discomfort and to see what comes up for you. Now I do have a podcast episode on this so I'll link to that in the show notes and you can go check that out um, because there's, I've done a whole podcast on one of the really important ways I think that we do less harm is first by accepting it. So Practical step number one, um, go have a listen to that podcast if you haven't already. If you have listened to that and if you have started thinking about it, then just um, sitting with that a little bit more. So maybe it's thinking about um, if we're going to do less harm rather than if we're going to accept that harm has happened is to just look where maybe the resistance around that comes up for you is there fear or resistance when you're in your consulting, in your one-to-one space? Is it when you're posting things on social media? Do you worry about comments that might come back to you? So I suppose just run an awareness over what, where you might have some resistance around accepting that harm will happen um, and what comes up for you when you think about that. So sitting with that and then just digging into it a bit and using a tool that works for you maybe it's embodiment techniques maybe it's journaling maybe it's taking it to supervision or with a coach or mentor maybe it's being in conversation with a peer around what comes up when you actually start from that place of accepting of doing harm because if we can sit with those feelings and that discomfort if we can get more um acclimatized I would say I wouldn't say get comfortable with being uncomfortable but getting acclimatized to what that feels like in your body and having the tools and strategies for you to take care of yourself and your nervous system when it comes up so accepting we can do harm if that's something you um, have worked on then the practical step I would add in is to strengthen your toolbox or build those skills to take care of yourself and your nervous system when that discomfort comes up or when harm actually does occur. So that's principle number two, do less harm. And the practical steps there is start with acceptance of doing harm. Um, you can check out the podcast interview and you can do some exercises and some practice of just sitting with the discomfort of that. Um, and then the third, even a third bonus step to that is to build in your toolbox and skills around how to support yourself and your nervous system and your own sense of safety and comfort when harm does occur or even just when you're considering harm might occur and and going through that acceptance process. So that's principle number two. Principle number three, center choice and autonomy. So this is really about um, having a consent-based process in your business. So one really super practical Tool or, or step you can take for this principle is to ask permission to share insight and information. So if someone makes a comment or if someone DMs you and they're talking about a situation, often what we do, because this is what often happens in, and even in our one-to-one work, we can often go straight to that putting on our problem-solving advice-giving hat. And so what I would really encourage you a really cool practice to do in this space is um, Cool, being also meaning like tricky and hard sometimes, um, is to stop and pause and ask permission before you share a solution, idea, and insight, and be ready for the no. So it might be as simple as someone um, makes a comment, and you might say, "Oh, I have some, I have some ideas or strategies around that. Uh, would you like?" are you open to me sharing it or would you like me to? So sometimes even I'm um, watching, like, you know, thinking about the wording you use there, um, you know, often we say, do you want me to send you some links on something? Even just, are you open? Do you have the capacity? Are you, um, are you looking for, you know, resources or ideas or strategies? So rather than launching straight into helping mode or solution mode, Practice popping a pause in there and asking permission, centering choice so that the human that is reaching out to you has a choice to say yes or no. And then, if um, getting a no feels uncomfortable, you can go over to back to principle number two, uh, where we talked about um, you know it's that um, those strategies to take care of your nervous system when you do feel uncomfortable or where things come up. So principle number three: centering, choice, and autonomy. Practice pausing and asking permission before giving information advice. Even when it feels really obvious, like um, consent is implied. So, for instance, in the in in one to one work with someone, when you're sitting down and you're giving um, you're in a consult, rather than assuming that consent is given, practice actually asking for consent. So, um, it might be, um, you know, I I'm, I can see from our conversation that there are a couple of areas we could work on. Are you open to me um, giving your summary of what those areas are, and then perhaps letting me know which one you know feels comfortable to you. Now if you do run your care through a trauma-informed lens this might be something that is that um, comes more naturally or that you're more practiced at um, and so perhaps it's more broadening that out into things like the social media space or into um, other areas of your practice in your business as opposed to just the one-to-one consulting um, but depending where you're at this can be a really good practice in just stopping and pausing and just removing that assumption that people want um, us to tell them things or to tell them a thing and just recentering that choice even in something that feels like it's very um, implied that there is consent for us to give them information or to give them help and advice. So that's principle number three, centering choice and autonomy. Principle number four is embed inclusion and accessibility. I'm going to run off a couple of these because I feel like this is an area where you can do some really uh, practical, simple, practical but powerful changes in your business. And so here's a couple of things you can do. So one thing you can do is to put your pronouns in your bio or have your pronouns on your Zoom um, call, you know, little little link. Or when you go to next go to an event, um, put in your pronouns on your name badge. And so that's a way you can acknowledge Um, you know going first I suppose to create that space of inclusion for people Um, another thing is adding a land acknowledgement but a land acknowledgement that's rooted in your actual connection um, and true acknowledgement of the land versus you know often we see things that are really like lip service like on somebody's website the other day I saw we acknowledged the traditional custodians of this land and they didn't even name them, um, and I don't know if that was deliberate or they just hadn't tried to figure out who the orig- who the actual custodians of the land were, but, yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, so wherever you are in the world, um, if you live in – the US, uh, Canada, or Australia, New Zealand, then you are living on unceded territory. You're living on stolen lands. And so acknowledging that, adding a land acknowledgement um, to spaces and places where you show up. So maybe it's on your Instagram bio, maybe it's on your website, um, on any kind of. Um, like I have it on the end of my podcast, um, when you do presentations, wherever it might be, so having a land acknowledgement and taking it beyond lip service, really here. So these aren't things like checklists, um, which we just do tick. This is just things to kind of run through. They're really practices in getting connected to to what is to the humans that you are wanting to share your work with. Because at the end of the day, making these changes is about creating a business that actually holds space for those humans. So it's not simply about lip service that we see, you know, in some cases with these kind of practical activities, but actually considering the impact and considering how you might implement them in your business and what they might mean and what they might represent for both you and the humans you work with. So land acknowledgement is one. Um, Another one is uh, around accessibility, checking your brand colors. So something for people um, around vision and around being able to see what you're reading, what they're reading. And that doesn't necessarily mean people with a vision impairment, although there is a very high percentage of people with vision impairment, but even just as we age. And you might think, well, that's not an important thing in my for my the humans I work with. The thing about being trauma mindful or be, embedding trauma mindful practices is we make sure that, our practices, the, the approach is to have our practices be as um, mindful and aware for, for the person who is potentially more impacted um, because it benefits everyone, right? So it's not about, um, I suppose, thinking, well, I don't need to do that. A really great example to give you um, an example is transcription on um, my podcast. So that's something that I do most of the time. I will admit I've gotten a bit slack with it lately and it has dropped off um, just with life and and schedules like I'm a solopreneur. So everything I do is me doing it. Um, And somebody let me know the other day that they don't really like to listen. They prefer to read the transcripts and they really appreciate having the transcript. This person does not have any any problems with accessing, um, the auditory. So there's no hearing impairment. Um, there's no, um, you know, uh, they don't, it's, it's not a, there's no sort of block with, um, processing information or anything as such as that. So there's no actual, you know, physical or physiological reason that they quote unquote need the transcript, but, having the transcripts allows them to access things in a way that feels more supportive for them. Um so it's not always about having it because people need it or have to have it, but it's just having these things in place because they increase people's accessibility to your information and they increase inclusion. So brand colors, did I even say the thing or did I just get off on a complete tangent. So checking your brand colors because sometimes the colors that we use to contrast are Um, really hard to see. What I'll pop in the show notes is a link to Vision Australia have a really great tool where you can put in your brand colours and you can um, and maybe you don't have brand colours but what do you use on your social media posts like if you do little Canva squares on Instagram or maybe you have a blog on your website even the colours you use on your website where you can check the contrast to see that it is accessible, so there are some really practical things. So put your pronouns wherever they could go. um consider a land acknowledgement or even just consider looking up what lands uh, that you actually work and live on, um, and check your brand colors to make sure they're actually accessible. And bonus one, which I did mention, f- consider having transcripts or um, written descriptions or um, they're called alt text um, and things in your to go along with your um, media, also um, when it's things like a video having captions, closed captions on a video. So having things that, and and again, that's another great example of where making things super accessible benefits everyone. As a mum, <laughs> sometimes I'm looking at things on my phone, but I've got my sound down because I don't want to disturb a sleeping baby, or I just don't want the kids to hear um, hear what I'm what I'm looking at, not because there's anything. Um, that I'm, that I'm keeping from them as such, but sometimes stuff comes up, right? Like on social media, you might be scrolling through. I have the sound down in case it's something that's not really appropriate for them. So sometimes, um, so if I'm watching a video or a reel or something like that, having the captions on there is really helpful to me too, even though it's not essential. So having things accessible makes, there's benefits to, to all of the humans that you work with. So that's principle number four, which is embed inclusion and accessibility. And there were heaps of practical t- tips or tools, uh, strategies you could start with there. Okay, the next two are a little bit more, a little bit less practical, let's say, a little bit less easily, practically, you know, popped in a little step like popping your brand colors in a, in an assessment tool. So principle number five is to focus on relationships and relating. So something that could be super practical here now, this is an area I feel like health professionals and dietitians are actually really good at um, because our work really is dependent on us relating and building relationships with the humans that we are supporting um, with our work. So this is often one that is actually something that kind of comes naturally. The space where we sometimes lose that focus or lose that lens is when it comes to other areas of our business outside of our direct interaction with humans. So one practical thing that you could do to bring the focus back on relationships and relating is anywhere in your marketing or copy or social media like anywhere where you write things right or where you talk about people um anywhere where you put a label consider if you can humanize and add the relationship into that label for example as dietitians we would often call even dietitians there's a label there as dietitians or clinicians we'll often call the humans that we work with clients you'll notice if you've hung around here i I use the terms humans that I work with, humans you work with, humans you want to share your work with. It reminds us of the relationship that we have. Now, you might not put it in all your things, but perhaps what you could at a practice of is every time you write client, every time you write follower, audience, that you bring it back to who those humans are and your relationship with, even just inside your head. Um, so you might be thinking followers and you might just add to yourself, they're the humans that are connecting with my work via social media. So it's talking about your it's it's naming it's reminding ourselves that they're humans Um, and it's also talking about the relationship that you are having or hoping to have with them so that's a really easy practice you can do it in the actual language you use or you can even just do it in your mind um, around like wrapping more words around that language when you're thinking about it so um, that can be a good practice in bringing the focus back onto relationships and relating so that's principle number five Principle number six is around sharing power. So sharing power is really around disrupting the idea of the hierarchy and disrupting the space, particularly for us as health professionals, of us as experts and the humans we work with as the person coming to benefit or receive our expertise. Now, do we have expertise or a certain level of knowledge in our area of practice? Yes, absolutely. Um, One way we can... I suppose, disrupt the hierarchy or disrupt that power um, situation is by just noticing um, when we put on slip on our expert hat. Um, And one of the ways this shows up, and I see it a lot In social media, so again, sometimes when we're working with somebody one to one um, or in groups, we are really aware of this. We are really, if you're operating through a um, human as expert in themselves kind of lens with your practice, you possibly are really good at this when you are working with humans um, around their their interactions with food. Where we start to slip, where that lens starts to slip again, similar to the centering choice and autonomy principle number three, is in spaces outside of that. So in marketing, for example, one thing I notice people do is telling people a thing. So telling people to stop doing this, don't do this. This is why you do this. So telling people these things about themselves like we are the holder of all the knowledge and information. So what I would encourage you to do is outside of your um, direct human to human work, when you're writing a blog post, when you're considering a social media card or reel or caption, is to just stop and pause and think, would I say it this way to a human sitting in front of me on a Zoom screen or in a consult room? Would I say this? And you know, notice when you are slipping into that, popping out expert hat on to tell people a thing. And the places it shows up is often those places where we are where maybe we don't have that relationship, or where we're talking, trying to talk to a lot of people, or where we are just trying to grab attention, where we're shortcutting um, that relating, where we are popping our expert hat back on to. Market Because one of the techniques or strategies taught in traditional marketing, right, is to um, position ourselves as, as authority. Like we know we have the answers to people's problems. And so if we look at it through a trauma mindful lens, we want to extend the same way we would practice the same trauma mindful, human centering, human holding, human as expert in themselves approach into how we market, into how we talk to people even before they've started working with us. So when you are crafting posts captions reels um, when you're on a podcast when you're talking to someone when you're doing presentations is to just be mindful of when you're popping the expert hat on and one of the one of the ways it shows up is when we start telling people a thing So rather than inviting people, so the practical step, so one, number one is you can notice it. Number two, if you want to take action is start thinking of where can you create invitations and curiosity and connection for that human over, um, you know, the expert telling them a thing, being the one with the knowledge, authority, um, and answers. So where can you invite curiosity? Where can you create an invitation? Where can you kind of seed, um, curiosity and where can you create an opportunity for that human to build connection to their own experience so they are the practical tips so that's for sharing power so when you are doing things where you notice the expert hat on so first step first practical step if you want it is just to notice second practical step if you want to go deeper is to look at can you reword or reconsider or rephrase things to be an invitation a consideration for curiosity um, like planning a seed for curiosity or um, opening up an opportunity for that human to connect with themselves, with their relationship, with food, with their body, whatever it might be, as opposed to telling them the thing, as opposed to chucking our expert hat on just to get to the point. So they are some practical steps that I wanted to offer up for the six principles of running a trauma mindful business or building, embedding trauma mindful practices in how you do business. If this is something you would love to learn more of, if these practical tips um, have made you think, hmm, yes, actually, this is something I want to go deeper on, then please do check out um, Integrate, which is the upcoming six week space where we'll be going through each of those weeks. Each of the weeks in the six weeks, we'll be going through one of the principles and we'll be going deep on this and we'll be talking about how they show up. We'll be talking about what does it look like to embed this practice in your business and we'll be talking about what is already happening or wh- where have things come up in the past or where can you see maybe. Um, um, spaces where it might feel more difficult to embed these practices and we'll be talking about basically the practical steps to do it. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, check out the link in the show notes, um, dietitianvalues.com forward slash integrate. If you've got questions, comments, concern about this episode or any questions about integrate, then please do feel free to um, reach out. Um, I always love to be in conversation and connection around this. Okay, until next time, bye for now. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate you and the time you've given to me. If you like what you heard, please share it with your dietitian besties and subscribe on your platform of choice. Want more like this? Come follow along and continue the combo on Instagram where I hang out, at dietitian Values. I'm so grateful for you and the opportunity to connect. Have a good one. Catch you next time on the Dietitian Values Podcast. The Dietitian Values Podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Ngambri and Ngunnawal people. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and emergent.